0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, November 1st, 2019. On today's episode, you will hear part of the oral history of Avengers Endgame's epic final battle sequence. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined by nobody today. I'm just here to present you guys with part of this oral history. So just to set the stage a little bit, recently I had a chance to speak with a bunch of different people involved with the making of Avengers Endgame. And these are just a few snippets of some of those interviews. So this podcast is actually going to feature some bonus material that did not make it into the cut of the final written piece. But that written piece does include much, much more than the comparatively small amount of audio that you're going to hear in this episode. So I encourage everybody to click the link in the show notes and check out the full article at SlashFilm.com. The first voice you will hear, other than mine, belongs to executive producer Trin Tran. She was telling me as we started our conversation about how she had worked with directors Anthony and Joe Russo and writers Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely on movies like Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, and Infinity War before Endgame began and that they had all formed a shorthand by the time Endgame came around. Talking about that sort of uh, previous relationship and that that family that you guys have built, um Did that mean that you were privy to uh, early conversations about the story and all that stuff before the actual script was written?
1: Well, the good thing about being at Marvel and being a part of the development team is that when we do start talking about what the future is, I am a part of that conversation, and we do talk about, like, what are we interested in seeing? Mm -hmm. Um, So that is really uh, great in that aspect because you get to know early on, like, this is sort of the broad stroke of what we're looking Mm -hmm. at. Um, I think it's always been a dream to make Infinity war an end game and it's always been in Kevin's mind that yeah. this is if, if we ever get lucky to get there this is what we hoped mm-hmm. this is the story we want to tell and it's not that it's super detailed that we knew every single detail was going to happen right. we knew that you know Thanos was going to be the end point if we get there mm-hmm. and we're teasing it throughout the way um and we knew that you know we're gonna be closing uh, the chapter to certain characters and that's gonna pave the the, the path for introducing new characters character so there's, so there's certain elements that we knew early on and it was about piecing it together. I think in Kevin's mindset the, the dream is that if everybody appears mm-hmm. at the end and they're fighting against I think that overall has been like that would be amazing if we had every single hero that we've had ever yeah. in the MCU appear. I think that's the starting point, right? And from there, we built on in terms of, okay, who disappeared from the previous movie mm-hmm. so that they can come back on? Who is interacting with who? Because we obviously don't want it to just be a, they're fighting for the sake of fighting. Sure. These characters have to have significant meaning. Why are they there in this position? Mm-hmm. So all that started getting laid out. But in terms of the broad stroke of it, everybody appearing has always been like a dream of this is where we want yeah. it to be.
0: Um, can you tell me a little bit about the logistics of getting, you know, 20 of the world's biggest movie stars <laughs> in the same place <laughs> at the same time?
1: I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. We had amazing crew <laughs> who, our line producer was amazing, who able to logistically make it happen and Got everybody. uh, Got everybody there. It was. It was. Scheduling was pretty um, difficult because obviously they had other, you know, uh, projects that Mm -hmm. they were working. Uh, If you really look at it, there, you know, there are certain scenes that we would have a double in the back, Mm -hmm. in the back of their head because we couldn't get so and so uh, on on that set particular uh, on that particular day. There were Mm -hmm. two instances where we actually did get everybody, and that's the wedding. I'm saying it again, the wedding scene, which is, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. We we till this day is still calling it the wedding scene. Um, and that's that one shot with everybody there. Mm-hmm. That was spectacular. Um, and, that's, and then the second one was when all the heroes popped, uh, portaled in mm-hmm. is such an incredible feeling to stand there and watch every single one of them in their hero costume walking out of that. Yeah.
0: Here is editor Jeff Ford.
2: The end battle in Endgame underwent a lot of changes over the course of writing and we actually didn't photograph most of the end battle until 2018. We, did, we fought, shot most of that sequence in October of 2018 with three units in Atlanta. It was a crazy month of crazy mocap, cap and and one of the reasons we didn't shoot it during the initial production phase was because the movie was evolving and Infinity War was evolving and we had two movies that were going to interact with each other and affect each other. We didn't want to repeat ourselves, we didn't want to get in the same rhythms, and we wanted to make sure that we delivered a unique final battle for the final battle, Mm -hmm. which was ultimately the final battle for a few people. So what we did is we decided, let's just punt on that one, because let's get the rest of the movie together, see where we need to go. We knew where we were headed, and we had already shot Tony's Demise, and we had already shot the scene at the lake and the epilogue but mm-hmm. we hadn't shot and when I say about Final Battle I'm talking about pretty much everything from Cap and Thor's fight mm-hmm. with Thanos until uh, Tony Snaps Yeah. so that's the area we're talking about mm-hmm. um, it, it starts a little bit earlier with that we also shot Hawkeye in the tunnels and stuff like that we've yeah. done that but not that you know the big heavy lifting part so um, we also hadn't figured out how they were coming out of those portals yet we knew kind of what we were going to do mm-hmm. but that underwent a huge change and then the reshoot changed that significantly yeah. and, I, and for the better <laughs> um, so I think um, uh, well, let me interrupt you what yeah. do you mean for the better what, what was the original thing I want to know like everything like the history Well, of it, I mean okay so in the original version the 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 portaling it was pretty much just scripted but it happened very quickly and it also happened in a way that was happening sort of around Cap And the conceptual change that we made was Cap would experience that and we'd see it from his point of view. And so the idea of hearing Falcon come out and it starts and then he turns and we thought, who's going to walk out of there that's going to be the most significant person you know, that you want? When that battle's joined, who do you want to walk out of there? And it's like, oh, it's Okoye, Shuri, and Panther. So that idea was something that kind of evolved as we were talking about the sequence and we designed a way to do that that then demanded we do, well, wait a minute, um, now it's a cascade of all these other portals from other places and we had to very carefully modulate who it would be mm-hmm. knowing that when cap sees Spidey, like again, those are character connections that make sense from the earlier stories, mm-hmm. but they're also it's what the audience is is also keying on yeah and then it just started, kind of keeps happening and keeps happening and but we we also realized, where do we put the Avengers theme break? We know we're gonna play that theme. Where does it happen? And we just, we tried a million different ways to do it and then we realized it ain't gonna happen until he says assemble. Yeah. And once we figured that out musically, we knew that Alan Silvestri would write us this incredible thing that, that contained all of that emotion. Yeah. Because there's there's an emotional and then there's the visceral. And the visceral comes after Cap says go, sure. which is assembled. So once we figured out that structure, that thing was like, we were like
0: just giddy because yeah. it all came to life. And speaking of which, here is Alan Silvestri himself talking about how the score was used in that scene. All of these characters have their own musical identities, essentially. Can you talk about blending all of that in, in that scene? Because that's the scene in the movie where everybody comes together, and it, there's. I can imagine a version of the film where it just becomes overwhelming. There's too many musical beats to right. ha- handle. So, how did you sort of.
3: Well, you know, that? it's interesting. More than character themes in that sequence, uh, specifically, there were um, big thematic um events that we discovered in Captain America in Avengers 1 and in Infinity War and they weren't always necessarily attached to a specific character mm. you know for instance when when Tony and Thor have their you know Shakespeare in the park moment we had a piece of thematic material that played the Clash of the Titans. It really wasn't Tony's theme or Thor's theme, but it was now part of the Avengers lexicon mm-hmm. of thematic battle moments. And so, a lot of what we did in that scene you're specifically talking about is we were able to define specific beats. And then we were able to, in some cases, bring back one of our classic mm-hmm. kind of Avengers moments yeah. and and use that as a way to define some of these things. So it would not just be this amorphous, you know, what what's everybody doing here, sure. you know? Um, do you know if if Joe and Anthony used any particular
0: or like specific temp tracks for that final battle before you came on? They
3: did. Um, they did y- use a lot, and it was a lot of the stuff from Avengers and Captain America mm-hmm. and Infinity War. Interesting. Um, yeah, they they um, they really um, took advantage of that well that was sitting in their front yard. Yeah. Um, and of course we had new things to to go to in certainly an end game and infinity war mm-hmm. a lot of new material but uh, we always had our our avengers themes and and all that
0: yeah Um, I rewatched the scene again for the first time in a a while last night and even knowing what's coming I still got chills during the Avengers assemble moment. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the the music How important was that specific moment to you because it feels like everything is really building to that?
3: It it really is and you know the Avengers theme um, Because of how it was received in the original Avengers just became this kind of golden asset that just sat there. And so it, it's tempting to just go, oh yeah, use some of that. Oh yeah, use some of that. Um, Joe and Anthony were very mindful of the fact that if they abused that, then it wouldn't be there for them when they really needed it. Yeah, The moment you speak of was amazing because we're building building with the portals theme It's a new theme, it's this anthemic kind of here we go, here we go. And then we're using that part of the Avengers theme, that da dum da dum you know, which we saw when Hulk was coming up Mm -hmm. in the original Avengers. So we know, okay, they know what comes after that. And we're just winding it up. And then of course, when Cap gets the thing, Mm -hmm. we stop. Yeah, and he says the line in silence, and then it's it's like it's like lights go on at a surprise party. The Avengers are just like they can't (laughs) get there fast enough. Yeah, and we thought everybody's earned that tune now, and we just did it. Yeah, Yeah. were were there any?
0: I guess earlier iterations or, or conversations about maybe using it at the point where um, Captain America wields Thor's hammer for the first time because that's a big moment in the movie. As it well. is a
3: big moment. Um, we did um, the the thing that Joe and Anthony struggled with, um, and and I think you know did a magnificent job of of, of solving was how, how high do we let the audience get, knowing that we're going to really pull the rug out. Mm -hmm. Um, And that moment when Cap gets the hammer, we were at, uh, we were in Westwood on preview night, the Thursday night before opening night. And when that happened, that place on its feet and screamed. It was the biggest reaction in the movie. And it was very tempting to kind of just give it all away. But what we knew was, we're about to destroy Cap little by little. And we want everybody to be right there that this is hopeless. Because the real moment is the reuniting of all of the Marvel Universe to help him. And so... That was one of those brilliant Joe and Anthony decisions. Now, just don't don't take it, yeah. Le- leave it over there, yeah, resist.
0: And finally, here's part of my conversation with writers Christopher Marcus, who will be the first to answer in just a second, and Stephen McFeely. How early were you guys tossing around ideas for this climactic battle? I know that you're we sort of developing ideas for this movie around the time that Civil War was still yeah. going mm-hmm. yeah, on, yeah, yeah. but like, um, I guess specifically yeah. with this battle scene. I
4: would say late 2015, yeah. when we were outlining both movies. We you know, we had the idea that we were gonna kill Thanos, then find old Thanos, and then he would come back to our time and uh wreak havoc. The nature of that <laughs> havoc <laughs> changed a few times. Yeah,
5: sure. Um but f- so the first draft looked one way. Uh but so that means we outlined a version in December of two thousand fifteen and wrote that mm-hmm. version. April, May of 16. Mm-hmm. But
4: it was always sort of hell comes to Avengers compound, which mm-hmm. has been a place of peace prior to this point, where yeah. it's just like, you tried to save the world, yeah. it's, it's going to come right back here. Mm-hmm. Um,
5: yes. And then But well, uh, a lot of it's, the, some of it's the same. The, you know, uh, the ship appears, mm-hmm. kaboom, creates a new battlefield. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of it. And it, you know, various ambitions there. Um, uh, yeah And and they get separated There's some sep- Like I think they were In the ver- first version They were all together Because we hadn't quite and Cracked the perfect version They came back immediately Yeah It
4: wasn't wasn't that Cavalry moment it, They all came back When they snapped I mean, mm-hmm. it was, On a storytelling level Really just It was death Killed the momentum Of the movie Yeah
5: So they were all Like in Avengers They are all Standing two, around Going what do we do now yeah. Hey does anybody See that Kaboom Gotcha because yeah, you so get
4: you get caught up in the logic of it, and mm-hmm. you go like, "Well, they're going to have to come back. They're going to have to spend some time talking about what the hell has been going on. So we'll need a time cut." And then uh, you know, yeah. And it was only eventually when it occurred to us that you could say that somehow Strange had, yeah, had l- held a little seminar prior. To,
5: yeah, <laughs> you know, or, yeah. it was like, or okay, that you then. could separate that from. Seeing them, mm-hmm. yeah. like they didn't have to be right on top of each other, yeah. and that gap of turned out to be like twenty minutes. Yeah, really super helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, looked at as a
0: whole, this battle is huge, but essentially it just breaks down into a bunch of little sub-scenes and, yeah. and sort of character moments on the battlefield. So, can you talk about your approach to that, like slipping in and out of these
5: smaller moments while mm. you know chaos is raging in the background? Uh, that's a good Joan Anthony question too, because it always like I. I wouldn't know how to stage the how come they have time to have a third <laughs> maybe second scene yeah. uh, but in general you can already see the structure of it right like um, kaboom we're split up three small stories about drowning and Sergio Leone beat over here and um, and then uh, one man on a battlefield about to be the absolute end of everything the cavalry shows up holy crap now we're all here one big Warner scene, mm-hmm. you know the biggest oneer scene in the history of the Avengers, right? And then what we call team ups and reunions was sort of the next section. It was probably Dan probably said that. So that's uh, people who were interesting to put side by side. Uh, but then more importantly, oh my God, you're back! I haven't seen you, and we could have done that all day. Yeah, yeah. but and did at and certain we point. tried for sure. <laughs> tried and shot some. And you
4: know. and what was convenient? What actually worked really nicely about the. Th- However, the three-way split at the beginning was that it delayed the arrival of the gauntlet that's onto it. the field because <laughs> that's really what gives the uh, fight its purpose. Once once Clint shows up with that, then you then they have a place to go because mm-hmm, right. otherwise they're just fighting. Yeah. And you know what are they going to do?
5: Kill all you those aliens? Have, you right. They can't, can't have little cute reunions after. Th- the gauntlet's back on the field. Yeah. But once it's there, now it's like, what do you want me to do with this thing? We gotta do this with it. Yeah. No, yeah. we can't yeah. do that. Suddenly there it are rules them. and yep. a goal
4: and uh and the beautiful circumstance that it all comes down to this janky fan is you know yeah. is so satisfying and yet so stupid that it's <laughs> gave <laughs> it a structure and yet some comedy trying to get yeah. to that thing. Uh And yet we knew we didn't want it to work because we knew Tony had to go down and go down saving everyone Mm -hmm.
0: All right, that's it. That's all you get in audio form. But trust me, there is so much more where that came from in the actual article itself, which you can read at slashfilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. And again, I would really, really encourage you to do that. There's a ton of great stuff, a ton of cool stories in there that I'd never heard before. And do me a favor. Maybe if you get a chance to read this whole thing and you like it, Send it to a couple friends, because I think there are probably a lot of people out there who would enjoy reading this. So, uh, yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. The podcast is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site, like this one. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mentioned your email on the air. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you later on.